The following is a JourneyWise Network production. Hey friends, welcome to You Matter. I'm Shane Stanford. On today's podcast episode, we're going to talk to a person that I was introduced to at a book retreat uh, for pastors way back in the early 1990s. We would have these retreats for uh, professional development or to talk about a particular issue in the church. And this retreat was entitled Jesus CEO, and the book was Jesus CEO by Laurie Beth Jones. Now, I didn't know who Laurie Beth Jones was. I had never read anything by her. This was her first major book that she had done. But I will tell you that after reading and preparing for that retreat, it was one of those seminal moments in my life that had such an impact because it allowed me to learn from Jesus about leading and about things that would be more than just my faith walk, but about all of the decisions in the walk of life. Uh, That book went on to sell several million copies, and it launched uh, Laurie Beth, who had been a management and marketing consultant and executive, into a world of writing and particularly talking about how faith can impact the decisions in the rest of your life. And so Laurie Beth's work includes The Path, uh, Jesus in Blue Jeans, uh, The Four Elements, which is uh, a ministry that we have partnered with here at JourneyWise Network, specifically with Laurie Beth Jones Companies. But Jesus CEO was the flagship, was the first conversation that launched all of these conversations. What you'll hear today in my talk with Laurie Beth is not just a person who is wise when it comes to management, but she's wise as it comes to life. And she's wise because she has spent so much time listening to the words of Jesus, studying the words of Jesus, but then seeing how those words impact and can make a profound difference in the lives of those around her. So join us now as we talk to my friend and best-selling author, Laurie Beth Jones. Hey folks, uh, so glad that you have joined us again on a You Matter podcast, and we are so excited today to have with us uh, one of my favorite authors and also just one of my favorite people. Um, he, uh, uh, many years ago, I, I read the, uh, her book, uh, Jesus CEO, and um, immediately became a fan of uh, the things that she said and how she said them. And so it's so, uh, so uh, great for me to welcome Laurie Beth Jones to our podcast today. Laurie Beth, welcome. Shane, thank you so much. We've had a long time relationship, friendship, and uh, staying connected over many thousands of miles and mm-hmm. thousands of days. So it's a Absolutely. divine spiritual connection. Absolutely. And, and I very quickly just want to say, I think this speaks to your character, Laurie Beth, that, and I've told this story before that, you know, I had read your book, I'd finished the path and was moving into a, a different uh, stage of ministry, and I just looked you up and contacted you, and you contacted me back, which was so unusual for, <laughs> I mean, for someone who gets as many requests and does as many conversations. And so I'll, I knew immediately that I appreciated your character and just the the way that you believe in what you're doing. It's not just about a a job, you really do believe and have believed in what God has led you to do. But for those who may not know <clears throat> your journey, can you just briefly tell us about who you are and and a little bit about your journey? Sure. Well, I was raised baptized Presbyterian and uh, raised in Grace United Methodist Church in El Paso, Texas. And that was my first altar call. And I think I gave my first talk from the podium in the church when I was 17. 
So my roots go way back and way deep in the Methodist church. And I knew that I, you know, when you go forward in the church, you want to serve God, but you didn't know how, how do we serve? And as a woman at that time, I really didn't see being a pastor. And um, so I think that's a journey that all of us are on is how do we serve? How can we serve other than and beyond the pastors and the pastor's wives and the, the, the choir directors and the worship leaders, you know, there's, you see a few people at the top, but the whole surge of humanity needs leadership and grace. And so how do we move into that and contribute? Well, and you obviously, um, as you began to serve, you actually had a, a, a real official job in the real world. Uh, tell us a little bit about tell us a little bit about what your career was uh, that then as you made that transition into writing Jesus CEO, because I always have thought that was a very important part of the journey for you. Right. Well, I was working at the YWCA and I had an incredible mentor who really guided me about uh, my spiritual gift. She also was raised in the Methodist church and there wasn't a role for her as a woman at the time, but I'm glad that she went into service and started the Women's Resource Center in El Paso, Texas. But mm. she was really guiding me to lift up my spiritual core. And um, then we, anyway, she said, your gifts, when you promote something, people believe it. And so she mm. said, and your mother was an artist and that's what you really love. So maybe advertising, you know, it blends art with salesmanship. <laughs> my father was a salesman. So I started an ad agency and then I had seven creative people working for me and I was looking for books that would help me lead them. And these were the leadership books of Barnes and Noble, looking out for number one, winning through fear and intimidation, the art of war in leadership and the leadership secrets of Attila the Hun. And those were the best sellers in business. And I thought, what kind of culture yeah. Are they creating here? It's all about top down, dog eat dog. And that's not going to work for me as a woman, for me as a person of faith and leading creative people. You know, you can't just boss them around. Yeah. So sometimes when you don't see what's out there, you create it. And I thought, all right, if they're willing to look at a man who raped and pillaged for a living, uh. then let's look at a man every religion acknowledges at the very least as a prophet. And he only had three years to train 12 people and went on to love them so much that they were willing to work for free and die for him. And in business, how many people would want a team like that? So that was the premise for Jesus CEO. And it just took off. I mean, as you know, it just hit the business week bestseller list and they couldn't print them fast enough. And it was really funny. I mean, funny, ironic. It, all the religious publishers turned it down as being too controversial. That was what was going to be one of my questions is you I know that you went through some stages there of trying to convince the 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 more church oriented religious press right this was an important conversation and I loved it at the time so much because it was so um, uh, antithetical I guess you could say to what had been out there both leadership wise but also church leadership right it right. wasn't the same as what they were telling you you needed to do in terms of church leadership. But it, it just really hit a core. What was what would you say was? And I know the answer to this question, but I want to hear <laughs> I want people to hear you say it. What do you think was the the key to what made Jesus CEO so successful? 
I think part of it is timing. People were really disillusioned um, with the institutions and with business and were looking for answers. And Jesus had answers. It's practical spirituality. And so as I looked at how he led, he told stories mm. and he was friendly to people. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> here's a here's a concept, be friendly. What a novel <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah. And li <laughs> actually like people. Yeah. Try to help them. <laughs> um, so, and I think the stories, and I told, you know, short chapters, very down right. to earth. And I and I told the religious publishers, I said, you cannot go out and use words like sin and mm. you know, even disciples and all that. That's not what the fish are biting. You know, when you when you're going fishing, you use bait that they like. Yes. And so when you use words like leadership and results and team building, everybody was hungry for that because it's very hard, as you know, as pastor, to lead a team. It's hard enough to lead yourself. But when you looked at what Jesus did as a leader, it, it became more clear to me. One of my well, gifts, I guess, is pattern recognition. Well, I was going to ask you because I think it's hard to read Jesus CEO and not have a sense of who you are because you really did, the vignettes were wonderful. You used scripture, <laughs> you know, to, to in the story, general idea of the story. I mean, people were not, this wasn't a Jesus you made up. This was very much the Jesus <laughs> that most people had, right. had had heard at least something about right. uh, for most believers. But I also got a sense of you. I think that's why I, I was bold enough to just call you, write you to see if you would respond, and you did. You know, we Christians are taught about spiritual gifts. What do you think are your spiritual gifts? Have you, have you ever done the assessments? <laughs> I've done I've done a lot of them, and I looked them up again before the call. Thank you for sending <laughs> some prompt questions. Um, uh, you know, the one of them: wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, fear of the Lord, perceiving, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, ruling, mercy. I don't have the gift of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> it's a wind fire. We know you and I know we talk about the elements, right? I yeah. think helping people get clear about their elements is one of the greatest spiritual gifts that I can bring and those who know can bring. Um, I would say pattern recognition would come under perception, being able to see patterns and yes. say, oh, this looks like this and this looks like this. You put them all together, you got yourself a dog. Well, and you know how important that is in a person's faith walk, but not just the faith walk, but how they take that into the world. You yes. know, discernment, I think, is so undervalued because people think it's just about receiving this word from on high and being able to understand it. It's more than that. It really no. is about yes. It's about implementing <clears throat> what you know you're hearing and being able to say and, and recognize a place where that could have impact. Yes. And, and you and I've had this conversation, but for me, it's not just salvation. You know, so much of the messaging has been just say the word, say this word, you know, I believe just son of God, da, da, da. Okay, you're in. Now you can do whatever you want. Hmm. But to me, it's like, then what? Unless you're instantly raptured, yes. we're here to, you know, we're here to walk the world. What's the method that Jesus used? Do these things. He said, follow me and you will see. Um, so that's what we'll follow him. How, what did he do with those people mm. to make them willing to work for free and die for him? 
Well, the the two books that probably have had, I mean, Jesus CEO had a powerful impact on me and my journey, but probably the greatest impact it's had on my ministry would be the path and then the four elements. Um, the Talk about the path for just a moment, and then I really want to talk about the four elements because that's the one that had such an impact on my vocational ministry with my team. But what was the, the real purpose of the path when you were <clears throat> Well, as I wrote Jesus CEO and was invited to speak literally around the world, but I didn't do much international travel. I did domestic travel, but I saw that Jesus did three things. He had three gifts, self-mastery, action, and relationship skills. Hmm. He knew who he was. He was willing to take action, and he was a master at relationships. Hmm. So when you look at those things, I said, okay, how would Jesus describe himself? Well, he, he used pictures. I am the gate. I am the shepherd. I am living water. He didn't say I was descended from the order of the third order of the highest Melchizedek. You know, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I'm a gate. I'm a yes. door. You know, yes. I'm all these things. So I would talk to these leaders and I would say, okay, give me a one word description of you. That's not a role. Hmm. They couldn't do it. Wow. They could not do it. And so I started saying, okay, what? Well, in, in Genesis... God began with earth, water, wind, and fire. In the beginning was the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God, which is the breath, moved, hovered over the face of the water. And God spoke, which is fire, light be, and light was. There's the fire. So it's like, okay. So I started having people say, well, are you more like fire? Which of these would you relate to? People were swarming me. They could not get enough of it. I remember speaking in Cincinnati. I was speaking to one CEOs in Cincinnati, they canceled their their next meetings and asked me to stay on for another four hours to teach them. Oh, and wow. then the next day I was with nuns in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Very alliterative. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Yeah. The imagery is pretty good too. So. I know, really. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when they stay, they've got first class, they say first class accommodations. It's it's a cot and a Yes, right. And I have spoken at some convents and, and also some monasteries, and you, you're you going back to the basics. <laughs> That's right. You get a good night's sleep. You do. Um, but then working with, I'll never forget, working with the nuns, helping them convince the Mother Superior that they needed to add technology to the school. Mm. And um, so we can transition into the elements. But as I began working with leaders, I thought, the way, using the elements is a great way for people to get a visual of what they respond to energetically. And also it's biblical, it's in Genesis, and it's intuitive, and it's beautiful because when you say fire, every language sees fire in the same. You say water, every, every culture, every language sees the same. And it has a strength. Fire can burn or it can give life. Water can flood or it can give life. Um, Wind can destroy or it can pollinate and give breath. Yeah. And earth can quake and bury or it can grow. So yeah. what are you doing in your life, right? And so you were making the connection that the path is really about personal mission. And yes. that mission then impacts as others are bringing. But the elements are the natural process of that, being able right. to understand how, how God has built the, the mission of the gospel, however you, I mean, you can get in big, but just the mission of existence. Yes. Uh, I love that elemental connection there. Well, it's just, it's too fun and kids get it. 
And that's yeah. the thing about Jesus. You know, he knew at the age of 12 what he came here to do. Hmm. And we're, we're waiting for college to help kids figure it out. Yeah. And I believe that many kids, if they, if they understand whether they are more earth, water, wind, or fire, then they're going to develop, they're going to understand that they need, if they're in earth, they're going to need some wind to give motion. And if they're water, they're going to need some fire to give light. And, you know, it's just that whole team. You can't accomplish anything without teamwork. Yeah. But if you think everybody's going to be like you or has to be like you, well, then you're going to get nothing. You know, you're just going to get nothing. And, you know, I, I told you that um, uh, in the church in, I was in in Florida, we did it. Uh, Laura, uh, Shelley came down and uh, helped us there. You came to Memphis when I went to Memphis and uh, our team, everybody did it. And I think I told you that we took Legos of red, and green and uh, blue and um, um, white. And everybody knew where their four elements lined up. And so your top one. And so outside everybody's office, you would look at these Legos Brilliant. on the wall. And what was so amazing is how, uh, Laurie, I mean, there were some kind of some boundaries we established for how they could use them and do them, you know, the ways that I think you would encourage definitely. But I was always amazed at the unofficial ways that they were <laughs> processing and using it. I mean, yes. down to the simplest things about who's going to get it to ride in the van, you know, together, um, you know, and, and it was so funny because they would do it in such a quick way. You know, every, we I had done the, you know, Myers-Briggs and I've done the Ta Taylor Johnson. And now there's a lot of assessments out there. But what made this so amazing is how quickly people remembered it. Did did you see that immediately in yes. while you were creating it? Yes. And that's what was so fun when you could see, literally see the light bulbs go on in people. Mm. And I know I spoke at one group, it was a religious group, uh, religious leaders. And in the elevator, the guy said, I think you just saved my marriage. Wow. <laughs> because <laughs> he said, I'm an earth and my, my wife is a wind. I'm getting it now. I'm getting it. So, um, you know, it's, it's harmony. And, and as a wind fire, I want quick results. And I want tools in the hands of people that they can start to use immediately. And if you can see that difference, as you saw with your team, and then we've seen it in families, it's used in family counseling and in career planning and a group in Africa used it for roommate assignments on a mission trip. <laughs> it just goes on. Like you're saying, I'm always surprised how people come up with it. The Pentagon. Because <laughs> you've used it in so many different settings. Now, right. the, what are some of the differences you see setting to setting? Or is it, I'm sure, is it the elements themselves that are shaped differently? Or does it, is it just the context and how it is applied? I think the, the fun thing about the elements is when people get that you are here to talk about them, mm. they open up. Okay. Uh, you know, and as I've shared with you, Shelly has done this in jails, you know, with yeah. first offender programs. And I did it at the women's prison in Colorado. And if you can, it drops the barriers. When you start talking about fire, earth, water, wind, instead of, oh, you need to optimize your such and such over here, or you need to do this. There's no need or should around the elements. It is. And it is for you to harness and understand. And then when you see how the earth is in such a delicate balance, this pale blue dot that we have with the elements working together, then, mm. you know, and I've told you the story about a family that used to be called the zoo 
they got the elements and she met me two weeks later and she said we became we went from being the zoo to being a highly functioning team within two weeks wow of implementing this stuff with an eight-year-old kid an eight-year-old kid a 12-year-old a 13-year-old daughter a husband and wife all they did was yell at each other (laughs) there are winds and fires with one earth and and if it works with an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old it should be able to work when it you're should. on a zone working there or when you're working at the local insurance agency and in the yes. church. Yeah. Friends, we hope you're enjoying this episode of You Matter. Uh, take a moment, if you would, to please hit that subscribe button. And we also need you to do a five-star rating. And then, of course, we would love a review that we can share with others about how this podcast is making a difference in your life. Uh, We are a ministry of JourneyWise Network, and we would love to hear back from you. So go to journeywise.network and send us a message that we can share. God bless you. You know, it was interesting, Lori Beth, that um, I I think in one of our conversations, uh, we began to talk about how Jesus recruited folks who filled out the elements. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, and how the disciples, when you began to look at why some of the 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 things happened when Jesus would be away, I'm thinking of the Mount of Transfiguration, particularly when he comes back down. A lot of what was happening with that the father who couldn't get his son to be healed because they weren't praying right. A lot of that was about elemental conflict happening among the disciples and the Pharisees and folks. Do you think that that because we're talking about people that that I'm trying to ask the right question. There's an element of trust. It, it, it's always amazed me as I would read the four elements that God used the elemental connection of creation to begin his message to creation. That Beautiful. He something he could have done the Melchizedek and how the atom could be split, but he waited until <laughs> 1945 to do that. But you see what I'm saying, that there is an element of trust that began with God to humanity Yes, that, that continued in Jesus's message, which is very elemental in so many ways. What, what is the, the, the point or purpose of trust when we're talking about building relationships and making mm, it better? Such a beautiful question. When you are on a team, there's, you're, you're all there basically for one reason. You want the same thing. You want, if you're a sports team, you want to win. If you're a family, you want to grow together. If you're a business, you want to be profitable and have people that are happy working there and grow people. So when you use the language of the elements, it eliminates accusations Mm. instead of, because as as you've seen, you can say, you need to turn, you know, turn your fire down just a little bit because my wind is picking up on it and we're going to have a conflagration here if you don't tone it down. <laughs> Instead of saying, you jerk, why do you always say the same thing? You know? <laughs> and and in the four that. elements of Christian leadership, which uh, the book that you know and love, and um, we're, we're talking about, we'll talk about more length privately, but you know, when Nathan approached David, who was a double fire, I believe wind fire, about his sin with Bathsheba, he could have been killed if he had come in as a fire. He, yes. David could have just killed him and probably would have because he had no problem killing people. Yeah. Um, but he told a story and he said, let me tell you a story about a man who had a little, who had one lamb mm. and he loved that lamb more than anything. 
And this other man who had a thousand sheep came and wanted that land. And he arranged to have that shepherd killed so he could take that one lamb. And David just got incensed, you know, who is that man? Who is that man? He should be killed. And Nathan, the prophet said, you are. Here's your mirror. Oh, got, there's a mirror. Yeah. So you see how the water, mm. he used water to affect change and repentance in that fire leader. Whereas coming at him with fire, just got in his head. I think that was John the Baptist problem a little bit, you know, calling out. Yes. Herod. I mean, he just. Right well, there. I just finished a book on the uh, the Branch Davidian crisis in Waco. And mm. uh, one of the things in this book, it's a fairly new book, was told from the point of view of one of the negotiators who said the mistakes we made is that we did not use the basics of human relationship to de-escalate. Uh, we only looked at it from point A, point B, and we went at it and we had this blueprint we were following and said, yeah. these are human beings, whether you agree or not, if you don't de-escalate. And I think about that in, in, as I'm doing marriage counseling or as I, and I've used the four elements, not officially in marriage counseling, but I always throw them in there. And, and I can, and, it, and isn't it interesting, Lori Beth, that you can sit in a room with people and pretty quickly go, yeah, you're a fire. Yep. <laughs> yes. You know what? You're an earth. You're an earth. Um, I, our team that I lead now will do this in April, but I already know what everybody's top gift is on the team. I can, <laughs> I will bet money of what that will come out to be. Why is that? Why is it not just about the, the effectiveness of it, it's so clear. What I, I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear. Why is it so clear to identify it? Well, it's simple. And there's two main categories of separation. One is pacing, which wind and fire, if you think, so all you have to do is think about nature. And as we train our facilitators and we talk to people, when you stumble into it and you get lost, just mm -hmm. go back to the element itself, right? Yeah. So the wind and fire, they move fast. They, they want, you know, everything is now. And the earth and water, it's, it's a slower pace. So there's pacing. And then across the, across the quadrant is the values. Mm. So your wind and waters are more about relationships. Yeah. And your earths and fires are about results. So that's, you know, it's kind of like if you learn those four things, and you master them. We're, we're working with a, a man who wants to take it into the salon industry, a real leader. I said, you get to know this like you know scissors. I mean, you give a man wow. <laughs> who knows how to cut hair with scissors, he can shape anything, right? Sure it's I that think. simple. It's basic. Yeah. It's like, get the basics, get the basics, get the basics. Then you become the maestro. I, I, we just have a few minutes left, but there are a couple of questions I want to ask you. One is, and and I, you and I talked about this at, a, at San Diego when we were at dinner with the group that was there, and you mentioned it. I always wanted to ask more. You know, Jesus CEO tended to have a pretty broad reception once people and pastors got behind it. The four elements did have a group of folks who kind of got scared of it. A lot of maybe evangelicals. Right. I, I remember this thinking, I don't understand this at all. Why do you think that was the case in that situation? I think that um, whenever someone uses different language to mm -hmm. communicate what they claim to be truth, that's frightening. Sure. And change is frightening. And I liked, I read a text the other day, it said, 
You know, people who are afraid of change seem to have forgotten that they once ate, breathed, and pooped through their belly button. <laughs> <laughs> That's an image. <laughs> but true. I just had to share it with you. But true. I love it. I love it. Is it? You know, yes. so you're so afraid of change that you used to breathe and eat and the other, you know, through your belly button. Come on, people. <laughs> well, so that, I think that was the fear, just different language. Well, and you and I have talked about the importance of having a language that allows right. us to deal. And we live in a world right now that needs this language. Yes. Because yes. We, we have set ourselves over into different camps. We've forgotten what it means. Compromise doesn't even, it's not even used anymore. We're seeing that right. and, and we're seeing it all around the world, Israel and other topics that have come up about just being able to sit across the way from someone who's not you. You right. know, I mean, that, that, that's what I think is so amazing about the four elements. My, my final question to you is, um, has there been a time in your life that is particularly defining for your walk in faith? Is there something that comes to mind that, you know, you kind of revert back to and you go, yep, you know, that was that intersection? Yes. Well, there's been several intersections where what was being told to me as who Jesus was did not resonate with who I knew him to be. Mm. And because I had the personal experience of feeling the presence of God, and then the realization that God knows my middle name, Mm. When I was 14, I had that experience in Mexico. And so, you know, then during my time, there was this whole teaching when I got married, whole teaching on submission and a woman must submit to a man and there's still that teaching out there. And then the man has to submit to his leader. And, and then this whole thousand group of people were saying, saying they were all in submission to each other. And now Satan was afraid. And I'm thinking, where is that in scripture? I mean, Satan's not afraid of anything except the blood of Christ, if you, you know, and we're individuals and Jesus's message is freedom, unbind him and set him free. Wow. Don't be wrapping people up in dogma and just so you can control them. Yeah. So that was a defining moment for me. And I had to leave my marriage over it. And then um, someone, we were getting ready to do some work in the schools and someone said, you can't do it with the name of Jesus. And if you take Jesus off of this, we're not going to be a part of it. And I said, Jesus is what Jesus does. You know, wow. people who think the name of Jesus is like a logo that you got to have it on your shirt. Jesus said, they'll know who you are by the heart that they see underneath the shirt. Right. Mm -hmm. You yeah. can't just put the uniform on, and, on and, and say that you're a Christian. And I think that's the biggest one of the challenges we have today. And people and young people are saying, wait, this doesn't make sense. Which Jesus? Who's yes. Jesus, right? Yes, I, I could talk to you all day. I love, I love you being able to just feel the the wisdom and the you do have the gift of discernment and, um and and you know it, it amazes me sometimes, Laurie Beth, that um, after thirty years in pulpit ministry, I've found myself back around to a very simple principle, and that is, I just want people to experience what it means to walk with Jesus, not yes. a, not a doctrine, not a religion, not a preacher, but just be able to spend some time with Jesus because um, he doesn't need any help from me to speak for himself. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And, um, and, uh, and that's what I gathered so many years ago with G when you wrote Jesus CEO, 
um, you really did impress that upon me and I've never forgotten it. I, wow. And I'm going to steal some book titles from you at some point. I've been trying <laughs> to be, have integrity. You, Jesus friend, Jesus comma friend was one you came up with, which I think is so personal. But right. My middle name. I really like that. One. That's a good one. Uh, Martha, well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a great conversation. I want to have you back at some point and sure. we do some of the things we're talking about doing. I'd love to have you come back and give us an update on things. Anytime. If I could just add one thing, you know, I've been yes. studying uh, the wisdom scriptures in the book of wisdom and in, in, uh, the new Jerusalem Bible. Yes. And it lists all these qualities of wisdom, which is all in feminine. Yes. And it says the work wisdom does and i'm thinking okay here's the work that wisdom does she turns people into god's friends and prophets hmm. isn't that beautiful i love it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what god wants if you look at god in the garden wow he wanted friends jesus in the garden of gethsemane what did he need friends friends so where, if I asked you the question, name of the podcast is You Matter, where do you think you matter right now the most? Oh, wow. Um, I ask myself that a lot, trying not to measure against mm. any externals. You know, it's um, a sense of, am I centered in my relationship with Jesus? Mm. And am I happy? You know, Jesus... God made the whales, made the ocean for the whales to play in. Yes. That's my Jesus. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, and then I think speaking to some of the issues of the times, and certainly our connection has been very meaningful to me because you are um, a new John Wesley in a way, and maybe that's limiting you to a denomination, but I've I've watched your ministry for years and you just seem so pure of heart and willing to go where others have not gone before. Well, thank you. That, that means the world to me. I will, I will gladly stay in my lane as a new John Wesley. <laughs> I will do not mind that at all. Um, Laurie Beth, um, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Oh, Shane, thank you. And blessings to you. Really right. look forward to our work together. Thank you. Hey friends, there is a wonderful podcast. that's part of our JourneyWise podcast network that I have listened to every episode and I love it. And it's called Choosing Cheer. And the host is Nicolette Bell, who is our Chief Operating Officer and one of our teachers. Nicolette, tell us about Choosing Cheer. I grew up as a cheerleader. And so um, I had learned this verse in John as a little girl uh, where Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, it's a promise, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And I learned that verse as a, as a young girl on how to have a positive attitude. Sure. And so cheerleading was more to me than a sport growing up. It was a mindset that I had. And as I grew older and began to dig in the scriptures, um, I began to realize the connection uh, that had to Jesus. And so we do a lot of talking about the joy of Jesus, finding the joy of Jesus in life's most difficult moments and then in life's everyday moments as well. Well, anyone who knows you knows that you live this philosophy, this motto so well, and it does. It brings me a lot of joy to listen. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, I'll admit that, but the ones I do, I become very faithful, and this is one of my favorites. Take a listen, Choosing Cheer with host Nicolette Bell.